Wild beat the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. 3-2 at XL Energy Center. I'm Brandon Molesky, Kevin Falness, joining me uh, from uh, live right now from XL Energy Center. If you want to join us tonight to talk about the game, uh, you can text us at 64686. You can also call us at 800-320-5326. And then, of course, uh, my man Ma- Max back at the station will also be uh, monitoring your uh, your talkbacks on the iHeartRadio app. There's a microphone right next to the play button on the iHeartRadio app. When you go to the KFN station, you can leave a message no longer than 30 seconds, though. Uh, Kevin, how you doing tonight? A lot better than I would have been if Sidney Crosby found the back of the net there in the waning moments of regulation. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know what? Ended up being a perfect script on Marc-Andre Fleury night. Yeah, let's well, let's just begin with the, uh, the, the ceremony beforehand. And, uh, you know, Kevin, I think we always – you can anticipate what that kind of ceremony is going to be like. And, you know, you maybe know ahead of time you might get a little emotional watching something like that. But maybe it's the snag in me, Kevin. Maybe it's the fact <laughs> that I got three kids. Uh, but whenever kids start talking about their dad, it, it just makes me blubber. And to see how eloquent his kids were talking about him, like the, the line about, uh, you know, his magical tie. But it was really him that had the magic. Oh, my God. It. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, you know, I'm, out, I'm just blubbering watching on television and, and then it like it never ends. Then all of a sudden, after the first commercial break, and I know you're on the radio side, but Valley Sports North shows the kids introducing the starting lineup before the game. I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, it was I'm, good. Just, and, don't do this to my emotions. The other part of the uh, ceremony is, uh, and I think what really drove the dagger into my granite of a heart. Uh, was him in his crease with his kids jumping all over him uh, from the yeah. outdoor practice? That that yeah. too was a another nail in the coffin for my emotions. It, that was it was such a and I don't I mean honestly I thoroughly believe that was one of the best uh, pregame ceremonies I've ever seen and so well deserved and it just meant so much. I, I love the fact that we were able to see that with our own two eyes and 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 for our listeners to be able to bring that to their radio dial. It was just an awesome moment that I will never forget. Well, and then even just like little things like, uh, you know, he's up there, he's on the ice watching uh, what's happening on the Jumbotron and his middle child, the younger of the two daughters, just has one arm wrapped around him and hugging him while he's watching it. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, melt- I'm melting over here. I can't do it. Yeah. And then on top of that, Kevin, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the actual game performance must have made me emotional too, because he was absolutely, other than the one turnover on the one goal that he made where he couldn't clear the puck, he was, he was brilliant tonight. Yeah, and they had to deal with – I mean, think about it. He hasn't played in quite a while. He was hurt in the uh, game in uh, Carolina, right, uh, when he got uh, hit up Florida. high. Florida. Hit, yeah, that, you're right, against the uh, Panthers in Sunrise. In, mid, in mid-January. Yeah. Takes the hit up high. He leaves with a concussion and gets through the protocol, ends up going on vacation and enjoying the All-Star break, but didn't play the first game back. So he hasn't played in quite a while. Missed those five games and what was probably, in, in essence, three weeks or whatever, uh, gets up out there and thrown right into the fire so it happens to be an emotional game it's maybe that helped him out i don't know but he brought his a game tonight it was awesome well yeah and then middleton gets that penalty 25 seconds into the game right. double, uh double minor high sticking so they'd kill off he had to make a couple big saves on that one i, I guess the one thing with you know I, I when i was talking with common earlier today like the one thing you did know with the ceremony is like the team was going to give him an effort right that doesn't mean you're going to execute all the time but uh, you know, maybe the effort was questioned a little bit in the 2-1 win at Chicago, even though they got the victory. 
you knew they were gonna, the team as a, as a whole was going to play with passion and play for him tonight. Yeah, and like I, like I said to Tom, uh, the, part of what John Hines didn't like about the uh, even though it was a win, the effort out there in Chicago, he he used the word passengers, and he was really calling out the top two lines. I, I thought Boldy was electric tonight. Kaprizov had a fantastic game, and of course ends up with the eventual game winner. But I just think uh, you know this is what you're going to need. Now you're within three points of the final wild card spot of uh, in the Western Conference. Conference. Suddenly you've won five of your last seven and there's renewed hope. I know some out there don't have hope and they want them to just, you know, curl into the fetal position and be done. But, you know, you're within three points of, and no one's running away with this conference. So, you know what, if you got the opportunity to go up and grab it. If you want to join us, 800-320-5326. You can also text us at 64686. Let's go to the phone lines uh, to begin with. Dave in Prior Lake, you're on Wild Fan Line with myself and uh, Kevin Falmus. Hello? Hey, Dave, Dave. How are you? Hey, guys. That was a hell of a game. And this is my it question sure for you, and I'd really like to get on this. What happens to Boldy? He goes two, three, four games where he's non-existent, and then he has a game tonight. Can you put? Can you give me some something I can put wrap my head around on what's going on with this kid? All right. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, you know, I think what he's alluding to, Kevin, was that Matt Boldy had 13 shot attempts tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, at least I, I can't speak for five on five, though they, you know, they did put him on line with Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov tonight, and I think that's going to help you look better at times as well. But, you know, on, on the power play, he's kind of taken that half-wall spot that Kaprizov was playing a lot of for a good chunk of the season. And uh, he's being very assertive. He is shooting when he has the chance. Um, you know, he, every time he's got the puck coming over to him on those passes from Zuccarello across the ice, he's shooting one-timers. Um, clearly, um, you know, whether it's the coaching staff or I don't know where he's hearing it from, but they've told him to shoot with quantity, and, and he's definitely doing that. Yeah, and, and not only that, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, he was non-existent on whatever night that was, Wednesday, uh, in the return from yep. the All-Star break. He wasn't the only one, but he was non-existent. I, I don't remember anything about Matt Boldy in that trip to Chicago, but tonight he was all over the place. And, yes, he his previous two games before this, zeros across the board. No goals, no assists. That's not good for a guy that's playing top six minutes. But when you pull back the lens a little bit, now 14 points in his last 14 games tonight, a goal and an assist. So uh, you need more games like this. I mean, when you talk about passengers, if you're going to have a top six role and you want to be one of the big boys in this lineup, you got to play like it and you can't disappear when, when the games matter so much right now. Well, let's also add that they did have six power plays tonight. So, I mean, your, your top guys are going to be out there uh, in, a, in a man advantage situation six times and they're the first ones being thrown out there. It, you're you're going to get more and better looks than you typically would in a different game in which you're not getting as many power play opportunities. So uh, I, I will say on the goal he had, Kevin, I wish this would happen at more levels all the time, but specifically at the NHL level, score on the rush on the power play. Yeah. Now, Kaprizov, Kaprizov had a brilliant entry into the zone and deserves, deserves a lot of credit for putting Boldy in that spot, but sometimes they just they, they only attempt to just get in the zone and try to set up, and it's like... Sometimes I think you can soften up a penalty kill a little bit by attempting to score on the rush sometimes because then when you attempt to enter the zone in the future, they have to be aware of that. They might back out. They might back into their own zone a little bit more. Um, so I always think that's a, it's a – I would like to see more of that where they're trying to be aggressive when they do cross 
the blue line as opposed to just trying to set it up. It's such a massive goal too, because I know that uh, Kaprizov gets the, uh, the 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 goal of the game for getting the game winner there, and you know putting the the Wild on top for good. But that one there, give the Wild the early lead. The, it comes on the power play. And again, after the lengthy delay, the, the game was supposed to start at 17. I think it started at 21. Everyone's sitting around. Then you got to kill off the, that double minor to Middleton uh, to give the Wild that 1-0 lead and be able to skate with the, the 1-0 advantage after 20 minutes, I thought was monster in this one. So hats off to Boldy and, and nice setup by not only Kaprizov, but then Faber again leading the rush like he likes to do. Let's go back to the phone lines. Logan in Big Lake, you're on Wild Fan Line. Good evening, Logan. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Brandon. Uh, I know that we're talking a lot about Matt Boldy and Matt uh, Zuccarello and Marco Rossi tonight, but I'm just wondering about Daniel Yurov. He is about to pass <laughs> for the most points ever for the U20 of KHL. I just want you guys to know about Daniel Yurov. Explain, I please. Yep. I, I don't think he'll have an impact this year, uh, Brandon. <laughs> I don't know about you, uh, with the Wild at uh, least. No, I don't think he's having an impact this year. But you know, I'm not going to act like I'm watching the uh, the KHL, right, uh, Kevin? And I'm not. I, other than you know, you'll see a couple of highlights occasionally on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm not. I can't dissect Europe's game. I will. I will say, um, people that follow the analytics and follow like the history of KHL scoring much more so than I do, have been posting lately about you know basically like the the company he's got himself in in yeah. terms of the amount he's scoring at the age he's scoring at in Russia is comparable to a Kirill Kaprizov and comparable to an Artemi Panarin. So um, I don't have my eyes on him, so I don't want to go all in on it and act like we got a superstar on our hands. But when you when your name is in the company of those players, that's very encouraging. This is what I take from that. And it's hard to start thinking in this direction when you're in – the heat of the battle, and you're worried about the Western Conference playoff chase and edging out a victory over there, Sidney Crosby. But when you think about the future of this team and you think about Yurov and you think about Houston Dinov and you think about – I had a conversation with Riley Height. He's tearing up the WHL for whatever that's worth. Does that translate to the American Hockey League? In the I don't know, but it could. And the more, more irons you have in that fire that could potentially make an impact on the NHL stage, the better. And Judd Brackett's done a good job of stocking up these young the young guys, these young guns that are going to be coming down the pike in the next, possibly by the end of this month when you talk about Houston Dina, but these other guys in one, two, three years. So, you know, just keep uh, piling these guys up and then we'll get them on the ice here sooner rather than later, hopefully. I got a text from Bill in Minneapolis. He said, why did they review the video of the first penalty to confirm a four-minute penalty? Uh, would you go to a video to review for blood? My impression, Kevin, was that they were reviewing just to make sure it was Middleton stick. Exactly. Right? Sometimes, sometimes um, you know, you know, you can get hit by a teammate stick or get hit by your own stick at a high sticking, and they were just trying to uh, confirm what was going on with that. And it was uh, close. It, it was. It was hard at, it, at first blush. It was hard to see it, but once the replay showed, it clearly was uh, his stick. And then he must have drew blood, so it was a double minor. All right, if you want to join us, 800-320-5326. You can also text us at 64686. We'll also take your talkbacks on the iHeartRadio app. The Wild beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2 tonight at XL Energy Center on Marc-Andre Fleury night, and he had a good game uh, making, what, 34 saves tonight on 36 shots from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So phenomenal night before the game and during the game for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, We'll continue with Wild fan line Brandon Molesky and Kevin Fulness next right here on The Fan. 
you're hot. Yellow was more like black and blue tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost 3-2 to the Wild at XL Energy Center. Two games in a row, the Wild have won. They're now three points back of that final uh, playoff spot in the Western Conference, though still have a, a bunch of teams they're going to have to leapfrog and also have some uh, games and hands issues as we speak. But uh, if you want to join us, you can text us at 64686 or give us a call at 800-320-5326. Kevin Falness with me, Brandon Molesky, and let's uh, head back to the phone lines. Let's chat with Dave and Mound. Hi, Dave. Hello, Dave. Are you there, Kevin? Of course I'm here. Okay. Just want to make sure. Couldn't hear anything. Just hearing blank on my end. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get back to uh, Dave and Mound uh, if he decides to uh, give us a call back. But uh, Kevin, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, let's talk about him tonight. He scores the, uh, the game-winning goal on the rebound uh, in his last 16 games. 12 goals, 11 assists, 23 points during that 16-game stretch. He also, like we said last segment, had the assist on that uh, boldy power play goal in the first period. But uh, uh, Kirill has been holding up his end of the bargain lately ever since uh, coming back from that injury. Yeah, I think he enjoyed going to the All-Star. Well, he probably didn't, actually. He probably would have preferred to go somewhere <laughs> and just relax. But, uh, yeah, no worse for the wear. He goes out there, represents the Wild in Toronto for the third consecutive year as their All-Star and, you know, continues to to keep pace here. Uh, four consecutive seasons with 20 or more goals. First Wild player to do that in franchise history. And tonight, uh, the goal and the assist, including the eventual game winner. So, yeah, he's, he's I think he's been playing well. It's been fun to watch him. What did you do during that seven-minute wait while they were reviewing that goal? What did what were you doing? I listened goal? to Bob, Bob, Joe, and Tom babble is what I did. Is they were trying to figure out yeah. what are they looking at because, well, there was that there was two two delays in this game in the first period. Go back to that when they finally Boldy gets the goal. After that, there were two times the horn just sounded out of nowhere, and and yes. apparently yes. Tom was told that there was a short in the horn by the penalty box, that, that one that uh, PA used to play with when he would come down here yeah. to do Vox in the box. So that was a, a, a herky-jerky first period, and then you go to the other one. It, it, with, it reminded me, by the way, sometimes in, in like at local youth hockey arenas, especially when we have mites set up, there's ways where you can set up the clock so it automatically goes off like every 90 seconds. Yeah. And so that sometimes it'll happen where people leave that on and the, you know, the, the, the horn goes off in the middle of a game. Um, but I've never seen that in an NHL game. No, that had to be annoying because the Penguins were on the power play for so for Sullivan, and at one yes. point the horn goes off, and it's in the offensive zone for Pittsburgh, and they're you know this is yes. a very yeah. very important game for them, important points on the line, and that was just you know no one's to blame. It's just one of those things that happen, and unfortunately for them, and fortunately for the Wild, they were able to escape out of that one, and then of course the delay for the puck going into the netting. I mean, I don't know why it took so long to see that. Every angle that I saw, it looked like it went off the glass. Nothing showed that it went anywhere near yep. the uh, netting. And I guess they want to get it right. I get that. But, I mean, at some point, you got to cut your losses. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the offsides reviews. And when they first decided to review offsides for goals, Kevin, I was like, because, you know, basically the Wild had been screwed in a playoff game against Colorado before they instituted the offsides rule where an avalanche player was clearly offsides by a couple feet. They ended up scoring a big goal against the wild. So I thought, Hey, you know, you know, if there's, if there's goals where it's pretty obvious, the guy's offsides, we should be able to review them. But it's, it's now gotten to the point where like, 
we're going into slow motion. Yeah. And like if if the skate is off by a centimeter, we're going to call it offsides. I'm like, well, that just kind of defeats the purpose of it, right? Like, um, like if you can't notice it's if you can't notice it because it's so such a small, minute that probably has zero impact on the play. I don't I don't like taking goals off the scoreboard. And then this one tonight. I get there's not a lot of great angles, camera angles, trying to figure out where that puck went. And even the most obvious one they showed on Bally's, I don't know if you ever really saw the puck, but it just, to me, it looked like it went off the glass. And I'm just like, well, what are we waiting on here? That didn't, it, I get that every penguin after the puck went out there, like put their arm up because they thought it went out, but I never saw, uh, I never definitely did not see a conclusive angle in which that thing went out of place. So I think eventually the refs got it right. Just wish it hadn't taken Seven plus minutes. That's just it. If you want to look at it, fine. I mean, I hate that everything has to be reviewed and reviewed and then magnifying glass reviewed again. But if you're going to review it, let's. Russo said it was eight minutes long that they looked at that thing. I mean, after four minutes, let's go ahead and, 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 and pull it to an end. In fact, Russo's here. Do you want me to put him on here for you? Wow, yeah. He stopped. Yeah, I don't know please. why he stopped in my booth, but I got to find the right Did he even know here. we were doing wild fan line? I don't know. He must have left something. Did you leave something here, or were you just getting No, I was in the elevator, and I heard you guys were on the air, so I figured I'd just come down and watch you do the show. I didn't expect to come on, but your door was locked. Well, then how'd you get in? Oh, yeah, this that, door was yeah, locked. Was oh, there. I got you. Well, By the way, you still haven't turned on the air in here. No, it's fine. Well, I don't spend a lot of time here, regardless. It was it was two two games in Colorado in that twenty fourteen series. Uh, yeah, uh, offside, games, and I think it was Stasny on both of them. And I think and one the, was pretty obvious. Like one yeah, was off by like a couple feet. Yeah, and the key to that, uh, to me, that entire series was when the Wild went down three two after game five. And everybody was up in arms that the Wild got sh- the shaft. Mike Yo was cool as a cucumber <laughs> in his in his post game, and said, "We just got to go win Game Six, and they did it. And they obviously yeah. won, became the first road team to win that ser- uh, a game in that series." What do you think of this one? Why why was it an eight minute delay as we uh, waited for them to I don't review, know. It, I mean, review it, and then review it again? Your guy Brett Blakemore tweeted a video that he says is the uh, the key, the the video evidence that it hit the netting. Okay. So, uh, I haven't really? looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Have you I looked at it? I don't follow him on Twitter. It does. So. It does. <laughs> <laughs> the line oh, of the night. What, what's his Twitter handle? Uh, uh, Packerhead.com. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, um, Packerhead.com. I, I mean, the game was awesome. It really was a great game. Um, like, yeah. I, I just, uh, and that last shift was like, like Flower just just diving all over the map. It was and, fantastic. You know, that that one uh, shift before the last shift where Duhame had that just gutsy block, and then and then Faber uh, that that did hit his skate. Um, you know the the yep. Eric Carlson shot, but block shots. Faber played the last two sixteen of the game. Jake Middleton the last one fifty. Wow. And uh, you know like for me like watching it, it's tense. I think like sure. we asked Bogosian, like you, these guys, it's just hockey to them. But I think that when you watch, especially a guy like Brock Faber play at this age, to be able to play these type of minutes yeah. and look like such a veteran and so poised, he is one special defender. Like I, like I, I had, like I know that we just keep on like throwing accolades his way. I had no idea when he was at the University of Minnesota and that made and they made that trade, you know, with Fiala that he was going to be this type of player. And I just can't, I just can't believe what the Wild found in this guy. He is a stud. Absolute stud. Well, and Mike and Michael, from watching him at the U, like I knew he was going to be a, a good NHL defender. 
I didn't I didn't know yeah. what his offensive upside upside was. Like he wasn't even running the first power play unit at the University of Minnesota, and I know there's there's reasons for that because um, they have other guys that can do it, and they want him playing the kill and playing other big minutes and stuff. But um, you know, he's running your first power play That's unit crazy. pretty effortlessly. You know, he's he's already broken the uh, you know rookie records in terms of points and assists for the Minnesota Wild, leading the NHL right now in rookie assists. If he was um, on the power play yeah. the first six weeks of the season, he'd be leading the league, leading all rookies, and I think a shoe in to win the Calder. I still mm-hmm. think he should win the Calder, but uh, you know, you know how those writers are. Sometimes those writers are pretty lazy when it comes to this stuff. I mean, honestly, like yeah. like any writer that if they were up and watched the last two minutes of this game would realize what we're talking about because no rookie plays these type of important minutes. I mean, another twenty six, twenty three tonight. And uh, he's just, man, he's just a special guy. But to your your point, Brandon, like, I, I, for him to evolve this quickly offensively, and, and unfortunately sometimes with the Calder with D, you have to still get those points. So he's now doing that prerequisite of what a voter looks for. Um, like, you know, he, he really could be the second Calder winner in franchise history in, what, the last five, four years? Obviously, Fleury's the story of the game, but even aside from Marc-Andre Fleury night, the ceremony and all that stuff, how about what he and Brodeen did, both of them missing games, both coming yeah. up uh, off of long layoffs. I thought Brodeen was fantastic, yeah. logging huge minutes, and then, of course, Fleury has you know the game of the, the season yeah. probably for I, him. I thought every guy in the lineup tonight was awesome. Like The Rossi line was outstanding with Zuccarello and, and Johansson. I thought they were tremendous. Kaprizov just battle tonight. Yeah. Boldy was good. Bogosian was outstanding. Marilyn Mermis great for the second game in a row. Uh, but to your point, Brodine just comes in here and scores an awesome goal. As usual, just, you know, he just gets overshadowed in every game. Puking that, his isn't... guts out probably yeah, during the All-Star oh, break. My God. It, it, uh, I think everybody on this team has been yeah. sick and, and multiple times. Um, but uh, I, I just, um, you know, it was, it was obviously a very, very big, important win to not blow another third period lead. It would have been the third time in four games. And you got to win these games. I, you know, it's that simple. Well, even even a guy like Lucini, like I yeah. noticed, he was noticeable tonight. Like he had a couple shifts with Kaprizov in the second period where he seemed like he fit perfectly on that line. Yeah, absolutely. And they were great in Chicago the other night with Letary and Duham. Um, so right now things are going well coming out of the break, which is not some some you know after that Chicago game the other day, the way that they won the game, you still wondered like how is this going to go? And now you know you go into that game Vegas feeling good about yourself, and I think that you know the one thing that John Hines really talked a lot about after that victory the other night. It would have been easy to just say, all right, first game after the break, we got the two points. Let's let's let them off the hook. He hammered them after the game. He was not happy the way that they played after that game. Yeah. And let let everybody know. And Boldy even said after the game, used the word that that uh, John Hines said after the game. There were no passengers tonight. And I think that's got to be what's uplifting to John Hines and the management and, and all the fans that watch this game is that, you know, they got a complete effort up and down the lineup. They all brought it tonight. Uh, all played really well. We'll see what's wrong with, with Felino. Looked didn't look good, so that might mean that Beckman's coming back uh, because they're going to need an extra forward for this trip. Although Connor Durr, uh skated today, so he's getting closer, but uh, they're probably going to have to recall it forward. I-, I listened to your conversation with Dan Barrero today, mostly because I was forced to because you did it right here. But the the tone of that conversation was the season's over. Does this do anything to change that? Well, You've won I mean, five they, of seven. Yeah, 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 that is true. You've yeah. won your three points out of a yeah. playoff spot. I don't know. You know, I'm still so, like, like almost um, 
baffled at the two games against Nashville and Anaheim. And it's just, and to your point, I mean, the whole complexion would be totally different. They'd be in 100%, a playoff spot. Of course it would. They'd be in a playoff spot if yeah. they didn't blow those games. Um, but it's still going to be hard. I mean, look, they're three points out of a playoff spot. There's three teams that separate that are in front of them before St. Louis, and St. Louis has two games in hand. So they've just put themselves in a tough, tough position here. But, yeah, there's a lot of winnable games this month and a lot of winnable games next month. And to the person that texted or emailed um, uh, Barrero that that brought that exact thing up, and, and I kind of poo-pooed it, you're right. I mean, look, the season is not over. There is a lot of hockey to be played. Uh, but they have put themselves in a position where they cannot ever have any letdowns. I mean, they've got a, you know, one loss, and now all of a sudden you take that step back. And so, you know what? Ask me after Monday's game in Vegas. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. that's just what it comes down to. Because now you're idle the next two games. So, you know, teams that didn't, you know, there weren't a lot of teams that played tonight. So now you have uh, teams that are going to get points the next two days. So the standings are going to change. And then you have a very tough game Monday. And then you're playing a team – that's that waxed you last time you played them in Arizona. So it, it, look, they're yeah, the season isn't over, um, but uh, they've 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 earned the right to be doubted until they absolutely go on a run here. Last question for you, Michael, and then we'll let you go. Um, are you in a, like underground you know. or in a bunker or a closet? <laughs> like where are you right now? I'm at my house, but yeah, it's kind of like a bunker as well. <laughs> See, he makes fun um, of me when I do it from my house too, uh, Brandon. So it's not just you. <laughs> That's okay. I we have lives. You can. Um, my question was going to be uh, regarding the goaltending moving forward. Um, you know, if you, if, I feel like over the last month and a half, or even almost two months, if you go back to like mid December, that I think Mark Andre Fleury has actually been a better yeah. goalie during that stretch than Gustafson. I know there's been some injuries on both sides, where one of them's had to carry the load. But assuming both are healthy moving forward, I know Mark Andre Fleury has been in, in all the trade rumors lately. But given you are now three points out of a playoff spot, is it time to actually maybe consider playing Flurry more than Gustafson, or you just go 50-50 rotation? What do you do moving forward? Yeah, I think it almost needs to go back to that Dean Evanson rule of whoever is playing better just plays. And um, I, I think that you know my gut says in Vegas they're going to come back with Gus because I thought Gus was outstanding in Chicago as well. So now if they can get both these yeah. guys getting traction, you can almost rotate them or go by by the win. But you're right. They're at a position where they've got to play whoever's playing better. Flowers been really, really good uh, for a while now. Um, you know, really, if you even look back at that Florida game, he should have won it. He came out when he was injured when they were up, what, I think 4-1. He was playing rock solid that game. So – Look, they're not going to trade Flower if they're in a playoff position. I mean, the, the only reason they would would ever think of trading Flower is if they have just punting on the rest of the season, and then they give him the opportunity to say, "Yeah, I'd like to go somewhere." Um, I will say this, you know, like I and I started shooting the breeze with him after the game for a while. Uh, just him and I at his at his stall, and he was talking so much about his kids. And how touched he was on the video, and how that was the hardest part. They of were the, so good. They were so good. God. But then being with them on the red carpet, that is the thing that still makes me doubt whether or not he's going to want to move. Yeah. Because I don't think he wants. To, and, and remember, you know, theoretically, if he gets traded, he's going to be going to a cup contender that could keep him away from his family for three months. Yeah. I just don't think that he's going to want to do that. So it's going to have to be the perfect situation. So. He's earned the right to have that conversation if the Wild are in a spot where they've just decided, Bill Guerin has decided, look, this is a fruitless endeavor. Um, but look, if the goal here is for the Wild to make the playoffs, and if the Wild are in uh, fighting for that spot, I don't think that Bill Guerin would even have that conversation with them. I got, I got one more for you before you go. 
I think I know the answer to this. Joe got to go to Florida. I assume you're going to Vegas? No, he's on that Vegas uh, Arizona trip. Yeah. Well, was, I thought you were his yeah, boss. I know. I know. <laughs> you have like no power here. <laughs> Luckily, he's upstairs writing, so I know he didn't just hear you say that. Uh, no, he is. Uh, the Wild have another trip to Vegas and another trip to Arizona this season. And, but this uh, is during the Super Bowl. I know. You know what, though? Like, I I flew once from Phoenix to Vegas just for Super Bowl Sunday, and it was. A zoo, oh, I and uh, yeah, I mean, that's the time I can't, you don't want to go. Yeah, like I, I like, and I've done that before during during like quote unquote holidays there, like this. And it, I mean, even just to get an Uber from the airport takes forty minutes. I so um, I and I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like to try to check into a hotel. So uh, no, he gets this one, I get the next one, uh, and I'll be the at the Arizona. I love going to Arizona, so I'll be at that one, which is trade deadline right around yeah. the uh, day before. So um, yeah, he gets this one. So. I'm going to be on Beyond the Pond with you and Micheletti tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning. So if you haven't had enough, Russo, he was with uh, Barrero earlier. He's on with us now as he's walking out the door. And now tomorrow morning, he'll be on with us uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning with myself and Pat Micheletti. Is Micheletti just getting his beauty sleep right now or what? He had he did the gopher game tonight. Ah, okay. So that's, and they got the 3-0 shutout. Justin nice. Close. Nice I think I'm going, to go see their, I'm going to go see them play tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's, it's a fun team to watch right now. Yep. Well, cool, guys. House there tonight too, yeah. so. I'm Thanks, sorry to infiltrate Michael. your uh, inf- infiltrate your show here. You saved him is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> that he's not I'm stuck sorry. talking to me. I'm, I'm sorry you got to talk to Fallness two days in a row. So. <laughs> Don't worry. It's beyond the pond. I usually only get about four minutes. So. <laughs> Micheletti will do all the talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so See you guys. All, all right, right. See you, Michael. All right. Michael Russo from The Athletic. You can read his stuff at theathletic.com. Uh, one more quick segment with you and uh, myself, Mr. Fallness, as we talk about the Wilds 3-2 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, if you do want to join us, you can text at 64686 or give us a call at 800-320-5326. One more segment of Wild Fan Line next. And in that number 29, the best dad ever. Wild trying to get out of the woods here. Leading 3-2. Mark in a drive right circle. Stop! It's an honor, an honor. No, I got goosebumps, a little bit of uh, tears, maybe, a little bit for the game, but um, this definitely felt nice. Thank you, guys. 34 saves for Marc-Andre Fleury tonight on 36 shots. He had 14 saves in the third period as the Wild beat uh, the Flowers' former team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 3-2 tonight at XL Energy Center. Brandon Molaski and Kevin Fallness. This is Wild Fan Line. I uh, received a couple texts at 64686. TP2K guy says, kudos to Flower. Uh, another a texter says, love Flower. What a career. Uh, but he also says, uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask you guys about Billy G's mastermind and able to navigate around those Parisi suitor contracts and what's in store for the wild future when the cap space is cleared up. Yeah, I can't wait for that day, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's going to feel like uh, an albatross has been lifted from uh, our collective shoulders. Uh, that that day is going to be awesome. Because right now there's 15 million you can't spend, and it uh, it stinks. It's not fun, and this is part of the problem. This is part of the reason why we're in the spot we're in. I will say, though, Kevin, like, <laughs> it does seem like a lot of money, and I do feel like we're going to throw a big party, but then you're like, well, um, Karel Kaprizov's going to demand more money. Um, he'll probably get a raise. Uh, Brock Faber, you know, we just had Russo on. Russo wrote in The Athletic within the last week or two that they might extend Faber this summer to an eight-year contract worth $8 million. So, you know, that $8 million is going to take up a good chunk of that $15 million. Yep. So it'll be nice for re-signing guys, but, um, you know, there might not be as much 
for like free agents as we were originally hoping for. No, I get it. But to have that 15 million that you can't spend on re-signing guys or extending guys or signing new guys, uh, that's not easy. And I, I get it. They did it to themselves. They have no one to blame but themselves. And this is, you know, the, they're laying in the bed that they made. But it's still that, to get that out of the out of the way and be able to spend like a regular team is going to be just fantastic. Well, and at the very least, it would be nice to be able to afford Faber because, you know, really guys like Fiala and Dumba probably had to go basically just off of where they were up against the salary cap. Um, you know, we talked about this with Russo as well, but I got a, a text from Josh at White Bear Lake. He says, it's a damn shame that Brock Faber likely won't win the Calder this season. He has been everything for this team all year long and is playing the most important minutes every night. Give him a blank check. I, I don't know where the won't win the Calder the season talks coming from yeah. because Connor Bedard hasn't played in a long time. Yeah. And I, I think Brock favors the favorite right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, we, we've talked about this on Wild Weekly and whatever else, uh, just our casual conversation around the water cooler. <laughs> But uh, it, it feels like it's 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 in the destiny. It's written in the stars that Connor Bedard is going to win the the uh, Rookie of the Year trophy. But when he f- suffered that fractured jaw, all bets are off. And for him to be out of the lineup, I mean, whatever gap was in between him and Faber has quickly closed to the point where I think Faber has eclipsed him. Now I don't know if, what Bedard's going to do when he comes out of the break. But he's going to be playing for a team that's not playing for anything, and I, I don't know if that weighs into the decisions to uh, on what what you're yeah. going to do for a guy. But I mean, think wow. about what Faber's had to do, considering what this team has been up against and where they'd be without him. Uh, he's playing top pair minutes. He's logging tons of ice time, and all this is brand new in his in his really rookie season. So. I think he's closed the gap. I never thought that I'd say it was possible that he could eclipse Connor Bedard, but I think it's happened. Yeah, I think it's happened as well. Um, one, I guess, uh, bad note from tonight is the uh, the injury to Marcus Foligno. He got tripped up around the blue line, and you know, Kevin, when he when he first went down, I didn't think it looked that bad, and I, I almost thought he was uh, almost like faking the injury, just trying to draw the penalty, and then he went to the bench and was getting looked at and was out of the game for a while. I I think he did come back for like 11 seconds of a shift later on and then went right back off the ice. Um, you know, the way he was kind of limping around and the way he kind of fell, it, it, it didn't look great. No, massive void to fill if uh, he's out for any length of time. Uh, it's not like the Wild aren't used to dealing with, with these types of things, but the way he's been playing lately, uh, one of the stars of the game in Chicago had the fight, also had the eventual game winner. Uh, he's been killing penalties. He's been doing everything for this team. He's a, an emotional leader as well, both on and off the ice. So to lose him for any length of time would be a massive blow to their hopes of uh, climbing those final three points. All right, the Wild are in Vegas on uh, Monday night, the day after the, uh, the the big game, the day after the Super Bowl. It'll be a nice 9 o'clock start right here on the fan, and uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to staying up late. I am. It'll be fine. But we got a big uh, Beyond the Pond tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock. John Van Beesbrook's joining from USA Hockey. Russo, of course. And then we're going to continue our college hockey conversation as well with myself and Pat Micheletti. So 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, more hockey talk. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Max. Thanks to Max Fuller back at the KFN studios as well. This has been Wild Fanland, the Wild victorious tonight. They've won two in a row out of the All-Star break. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins on Marc-Andre Fleury night by a score of 3-2 tonight at the Accelerator Center. Thank you so much for listening tonight to Wild Fan Line. Have a good night. It's been a good day.